Hello, thoughtful folks. Welcome to It's Time by the Thoughtful Co., uh, a podcast where we get into all the details on achieving gender equity in the workplace. And it's brought to you by the Thoughtful Co., whose mission is to enable recognition, opportunity, and influence for women in the workplace through individual and employer coaching. And we do that by coaching women in compensation negotiations so they can we can make sure that they get the most out of their contract and new offer negotiations. And then as well, we advise companies and policies that work to attract and retain women, recognizing that many industries and many uh, senior leadership really lack representation for women at a senior level. And so we want to coach companies in policies that work for them. And so if you are joining for the first time today, we would recommend that you go back and listen to the first two episodes because we're in the middle of a series where we get into the details on negotiation. And so in our first episode, we talked about understanding the gravity of your first offer. And then in the next episode, we got into talking about your full compensation package. So definitely recommend going back and listening to those two episodes if you haven't yet. Um, if you do want to learn a little bit more about The Thoughtful Co, you can visit our website at thethoughtfulco.net or follow us on Instagram at thethoughtful.co. And we're your hosts, Sophie Warwick. And Jillian Climey. Great. And so this episode, the third part of our negotiation series, is about um, really understanding bias and how that contributes to your no negotiation, recognizing that um, I'm biased, Jill's biased, we're all biased, you're also biased likely as well. And so we have to acknowledge that and recognize that when we go into those conversations. Yeah, I think that's such a good point to start on. Um, I read a book, I think it was two years ago, ago called Biased, um, and it totally just changed my perspective on bias and made me realize, yes, we all have biases and we use them in our day-to-day which help us achieve shortcuts and doing things more efficiently. Um, but they also, unfortunately, some of them have really negative impacts. And one of those is how women are seen in the workplace. Um, and I think when thinking about negotiations, one of the biggest biases that really impacts women is the likability bias. Um, so on one hand, we're supposed to be seen as nice, agreeable, and communal in the workplace to be liked, and that impacts how our performance is assessed. But on the other hand, we're supposed to be seen as assertive, um, to be seen as a leader or competent. So we're constantly balancing these two demands that are quite conflicting, um, and they can be really tough to operate in them. And I bet, you know, every woman has felt that, that push and pull between the two. And when we throw negotiating into that mix, it's really tough. And I've seen so many clients um, since I started doing this who have come to me and said, I've never negotiated before. And I think this bias is a huge re reason. We internalize it subconsciously a lot of the times. Um, and we don't want to come off as too aggressive or assertive in the workplace. And so we choose not to negotiate in the first place. So I do think that's one of the biggest, the biggest biases that really impacts us. Um, but something that, that I love supporting women with is helping to understand that negotiating doesn't have to be this big negative uh, situation. You can really actually negotiate and frame it in a positive way and still 
confidently and concisely ask for exactly what you want, which is awesome. Um, so, you know, we have to recognize these biases and know they exist. Um, and, but we can, you know, leverage them and actually frame our ask to be positive, but still super confident and direct. Yeah, that's really true. I think that when we talk a lot about negotiation, a lot of times we think of not knowing how to negotiate or not negotiating effectively. But the other piece we don't talk about enough is just being afraid to ask or feeling like you're asking something really above and beyond what you're supposed to do. But negotiation such as a normal piece of accepting a new job offer or staying at a new workplace and your employer expects you to negotiate. But there is this temptation. I, I've definitely felt it at times in my career as well, trying to be very likable and agreeable. And I don't want to be, quote unquote, difficult by asking for something above and beyond or, you know, whether it's wasting someone's time or something. So I think we all need to get over that to some extent, because it is such a normal part of having a job or accepting a new job offer. No one's surprised that you're negotiating at all. And if you do have the right coaching to go out and educate it, then you can present it in a very pragmatic and researched way as well. Yeah, it's so true. I think, um, and, and another kind of key bias or stat that is important in all of this is women, when they do negotiate, they expect and ask for lower compensation. So even if you kind of are finally getting the courage to negotiate, you're probably asking for a little bit less than your male so it's just a good, um, just a good thought to know. And again, I, I love to talk about these biases because I think we should aware, be aware that they're out there and they are impacting us. Um, and that can help push you a little bit more to ask for something a little bit higher than what you were thinking. Um, and, you know, so many clients will come to me and kind of have a number in mind that they want to ask for, and I'll push them a little bit on it. Um, and so often they'll get that amount more, but they just wouldn't have done that themselves. Um, and I think it's because, yeah, we, we do undervalue ourselves and we don't want to rock the boat. Yeah, it's so true. And it's such a good, strong advocation for just getting into that room and negotiating. And then the other piece too, recognizing that potentially if the senior leadership at your organization or your company is more male or more uniform and not necessarily like you, then recognizing their biases when you go into that conversation too. But again, if you have a really educated and research plan and good coaching going into that discussion, then you can really put forward your negotiation with, you know, direct metrics about your performance and you have all this data to support it. And that also does help confront any bias that they may have as well, because you have then facts and data to back up versus, you know, assumptions and I think we said this last time as well, that we tend to see potential in those like us and see capability in those dissimilar to us. So that's another bias that's at play. But when you're pairing that negotiation with a lot of um, data about your performance and how that relates to company performance and company goals, et cetera, then you can help confront that bias as well. Yeah, it's so true. I love bringing, you know, hard metrics into the conversation because one, they're just super persuasive, like hearing, you know, you brought in X number of clients or X number of dollars, whatever it might be. But also when clients start to like see these numbers, they realize how much value they actually do add. Um, and then it's 
you know, valid to be asking for this money. So I think it's such a good part to bring into the conversation. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, thinking about those other, the stats that are out there, like for every 100 men promoted to manager, only 86 women are promoted. And women are 30% more likely to get feedback that they're bossy or aggressive um, in comparison to men. Um, you know, these, you've probably heard some of these before, but they are good things to, when you're going into a negotiation, know that these have probably impacted you um, and use them to motivate you a little bit. Like when I read that for every 100 men promoted to manager, only uh, 86 women are promoted, that makes me want to ask for that promotion right when I deserve it, not six months down the road. Um, so I think kind of acknowledging these biases and knowing they're out there can motivate you to uh, negotiate earlier or ask for that promo or whatever it might be, you know, even in your day-to-day -day life, um, just saying no in general. <laughs> Yeah, it is a bit of a rally cry that you should, yeah, take those numbers as your call to action too. And again, not saying that all that action has to land on women, but you can contribute to that as well. And the bias has, has likely impacted your career at some point up to this point um, and finding ways to confront it as well. I did really like to, when you said, you know, it, when you're, bringing into that negotiation, you're bringing all this data. It also has that, it brings the confidence in the other person, but it brings up your confidence as well, because now you've just built up this list of like, oh yeah, I am extremely valuable. That's why I feel that I need to negotiate for this dollar that I've defined because I am really important and I want to say, I guess that's the other piece too, when we go into negotiations is remembering that it always feels, or at least in my experience, often it feels like I'm asking for this additional thing and it's unnecessary to anyone but me. But really, retention is a really expensive problem. And if this is what you need to stay there long term, that's more cost effective than you moving somewhere else and then having to replace you and build them up for a year. 100%. Your manager would rather know that you want more money than have you leave um, or just have you be super dissatisfied and not doing a good job. So I think, um, yeah, bringing it up early and not feeling like it's this big negative thing, like I said, but that it is part of an employment relationship. Your manager has definitely um, been asked for more money before and will be asked again. Um, it's part of their jobs and uh, probably not their favorite part, but it's definitely a part of their jobs. Um, and so know that it happens all the time and it's not, uh, it's not, a negative thing. It's just part of being in a employee-employer relationship and both have to, you know, um, say something when they don't feel like they're being respected on one side. Um, and the employers are usually pretty good at doing that and employees um, can sometimes take a bit, bit longer. At that. Yeah, so true. And on the topic too of bias, just getting really a strong understanding of your own experience with bias as well, especially if you're working in a team setting or maybe you're managing people too. I mean, I've done some of those implicit associative tests too to see what biases I may have. And obviously, you know, there's some variability in that, but I think it does give a good sense of biases you hold on. And I think if more of us do sort things like that, at least you have that in the back of your head that you need to watch out for um, and kind of having bias training in your office as well if that's something that you can bring forward too. 
Yeah, such a good point. And I totally felt that as well. I remember when I was hiring um, for a team I used to work at, I wanted to hire the person that was exactly like, um, and I like real time, I was like, whoa, like this, it's so crazy how, how that happens. And you can see how people, you know, build organizations like them. Um, and, but we now know that having different perspectives uh, brings innovation, it brings better financial performance, all these types of things. So I think it's great that data is out there. Um, and, and yeah, I just read something. It was, you know, taking a 90 second breather before making a decision and just saying like, how is bias impacting me in this decision? There's probably, you know, 8 million different ways, but, um, and having a, a checklist is great, which some companies make for hiring decisions or compensation decisions and that type of thing. But even just taking that breather, um, can be so impactful in how you make a decision. Yeah, it's so true. And on that comment too about recognizing your own bias as well, I, I had something similar happen to me when I was mentoring these two women at the same time who were at the same level, same experience, they went to the same school. So very similar overall, except uh, one of them dressed like me, did the same activities as me. We had a similar sense of humor, whatever it was, et cetera. So it was really easy for us to get along. And I didn't really notice, I was mentoring them at the same time and they had the same employment terms. And when they both left, um, I was much more in contact with one than the other. And I was thinking back to myself of like what happened there. And I was really recognizing that I was also a much better mentor to one than the other. And it was 100% biased. I was seeing myself in this other person mm -hmm. and not uh, seeing myself and the other woman and it was a, such a wake-up call to me because I think I had seen that with men in my office so often um but hadn't seen my, my own ability to do that as well yeah I think that's such a good point that it is like we all have these biases and we will all go to them unless we course correct them and it's no one's fault like that's how we're we were socialized men and women and so you know like we, we're all accountable now for our actions, but, um, but it's, yeah, like I can see why these things have happened and why we're in the place that we are, um, just based on the biases that we've all had from growing up and all these experiences. So it is really interesting to see it happen in real time, but it's also awesome that we're recognizing it and now changing our actions because of it. Yeah, it feels like we're at a point where people are listening more and confronting some of those biases themselves. And so hopefully everyone learned a lot today about bias in your upcoming negotiation or your performance review and seeing both how you might be experiencing it yourself and looking for opportunities to correct that, but also bringing that into your next discussion so that you know how that may impact you or may have impacted you up to this point. Um, this is part of our negotiation series, so tune in to our next episode as well. And we hope that this series helps you to negotiate with confidence at your next interview or performance review. And if you haven't checked us out already on Instagram, please follow along at thethoughtful.co. See you next time. Thanks.